Okay, pretty big episode for the N10 Puck Talk podcast crew. Joseph, Andrew, Thomas are here. Uh, this is episode number 22 being recorded on July 7th, 2019. And we have our first guest on the podcast. They'll be coming up later. It's a pre-recorded uh, piece interview with Swaggy Canuck, a uh, big Vancouver Canucks fan. Me and Joseph will be interviewing him, so stay tuned for that. That is very special and probably the main part of this episode. Uh, this episode's probably not going to be run through hockey news. You're probably going to wonder why. It's because we have the interview piece. And later on in the episode, we have a very cool uh, game that we are going to be not playing, but we're going to be telling each of us our favorite players on each Canadian team. So stay tuned for that. Uh, how's it going, Flager? I'm pretty good. I was in a golf tournament yesterday. Got hammered. I played the whole back nine <laughs> drunk. Uh, I played shit, really shitty golf. I shot like 100, I think. Didn't even crack 100. Uh, but I was hammered the whole time, so it was expected. It was good, though. Fun time. Joe, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. Just been grinding with school this past weekend. Been chilling a bit, you know. Nice weather. Went for a couple walks here and there. <laughs> couple walks. Binge bored watching. As, bored as shit, yeah. Binge watching <laughs> some Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah. Bad, really? That's a yeah. good show. Oh, I love it. You ever watch uh, Better Call Saul? Or no? No, I guess I've you watched, wouldn't. like, one season. Like, I've watched Breaking Bad before. <laughs> Oh, you have seen? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably my favorite show on this yeah, planet Earth. Awesome. So, I'm watching How I Met Your Mother right now. I, I watched the whole first season. There's like 22 episodes, I think. Watched Holy the whole shit. first season in a week, I think. Jeez. <laughs> so, Barney Stinson. I mean, they're only 20 minute. Yeah, Barney Stinson. Legend. Legend? Dairy. <laughs> yeah. Fucking love that show. You know who's also legendary? You know who's also legendary? Who? Swaggy Canuck, he's going to be on it in the, the episode, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll yeah, start I'm with excited. I haven't even listened to that yet. I'll tell, the, I'll tell the listeners right now, I was not a part of that interview. I was unable to record this afternoon when um, Thomas and Joe uh, interviewed Swaggy. So uh, I'm not going to be a part of that interview, but I'm here now, and I'll be, uh, you can listen to me talk and ramble on after that. <laughs> later okay, on so, episode, so let's get started, though. Yeah, so we'll talk about the hockey news. That's what we always do on this podcast. So uh, either one of you two want to start with the probably the biggest news uh, to signing. Marcus Johansson signed a two-year contract with the Buffalo Sabres worth $4.5 million. He had 30 points, 13 goals, 17 assists, and 58 regular season games with the Boston Bruins and New Jersey Devils last season. Johansson had 11 points, 4 goals, 7 assists, and 22 Stanley Cup playoff games to help the Bruins advance to the Stanley Cup final which they ended up losing to the St. Louis Blues in seven games. Thoughts on this? This is a good signing for the the sorry, the Sabres. Like, they added some depth wingers, which they needed for to help out Eichel over there in Buffalo. Uh, I don't know why the Bruins couldn't offer this contract. I think they thought he wanted more, possibly, because after he signed this with the Sabres, a lot of Bruins fans on Twitter I saw were kind of mm-hmm. like, like, what the hell, why couldn't you sign him to this deal? I think it's a good deal for the Sabres, and I'm kind of surprised Boston didn't offer him that same contract. Yeah, basically what Joe said, it's a help towards Jack Eichel. He's the main part of the Buffalo Sabres core going in the future, and two years, it can't go wrong, at $4.5 million for Marcus Johansson. He hasn't been getting consistent points through his career in the last, I don't know, three seasons, four seasons. So maybe he steps up with Eichel, Reinhardt, and yeah, we'll see for the Buffalo Sabres in the future. I think he's an underrated player. Uh, I'm pretty sure he played for the Capitals, and that was kind of when he was in his prime, like back yep. back when yep. Ovechkin was a young gun. Uh, and I remember he was really, really talented there, and he would put up consistent numbers. Uh, but the last few seasons, you're right, he hasn't been consistent. But I think this is definitely a reasonable deal. All right, the next signing we got here, Paquette signs a two-year contract, re-ups with the Lightning worth $1.65 million. Paquette had 17 points and an NHL career-high 13 goals in 80 games with the Lightning last season, and he had one goal in four Stanley Cup playoff games. Paquette's known more as a hitting presence on the Tampa Bay Lightning team. He mm-hmm. could hit anything. The guy's a beast. Uh, what do you guys think about this signing? Fair. It's yeah, fair he's deal, I think. Line, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you, don't, you definitely don't want to be paying your fourth, anyone on your fourth line over, uh, I'd say, $2.5 million. Even 2.5 would be pushing it. But no, definitely uh, what he's getting, 1.65 million is definitely, uh, it's fair for sure, I think. And I, I also believe 
Paquette might play on the penalty kill a little bit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's. It's a great deal, I think, for the Lightning. There's no surprises here. I was expecting him to resign. Uh, another RFA is off the board. Nikita Zadorov signs a one-year contract with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the price and financial details haven't been announced fully yet, but it's going to be around $3.2 million per season. And the 24-year-old defenseman, who is a strict free agent, as we said, had 14.7 goals, 7 assists, and 70 games with the Avalanche last season, and no points in 12 playoff games for the Avalanche. Uh, he's basically your defensive typical defensive defenseman i think he's like six foot six he has a big presence on the ice with his hitting ability and blocking ability on the penalty kill so i think this is kind of good because the uh, avalanche have a lot of cap space so i mean paying this guy for one year around like 3.2 ish i said is a pretty good deal i don't know what you guys think about it but like it's not a huge signing but it's definitely um one that the avalanche need on the back end yeah, they definitely need to sign some defensemen. Uh, good for them for re-signing Zadorov. Uh, I think it's a fair signing, though. No surprises there. Um, you're right, he's a defensive defenseman. Uh, that's kind of... I feel like the defensive defenseman playing style is kind of outdated in today's NHL. I think uh, ideally you'd want like, two-way defensemen, maybe puck-moving defensemen, and just the way that the game's played today, but... Uh, he's still one of those very few defensive-minded uh, defensemen. So that's a good signing, I think, for the Avalanche. I think he'll be a, a great asset for their team. Yeah, I have to agree. He's he's just a big physical presence out there. Good fourth, fifth defenseman for them. Could skate well. Uh, can move the puck a little bit. Doesn't get many points, but he is a good presence for them on the back end. Okay, well, I know Joe's so excited next signing... to read the, the oh, yeah. next year, So <laughs> He's already off. Yeah, you take it. it. Just take yeah, it away. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that excited, but it does involve Montreal. They inked defenseman Ben Chirot to a three-year deal with $3.5 million per season. He had a career high in goals, five, and assists, 15 for 20 points in 78 games with the Winnipeg Jets last season, and he had no points in six playoff games. So I'm not that excited about the signing, but he has an upgrade over Jordy Ben, who they lost in free agency. He's younger. He's only 28, I think. Mm-hmm. He's a good, like, fifth defenseman for the most part i mean i would have rather they spent more money to go after gardner possibly to play along with weber but uh maybe they're saving that money for someone else who knows mark bergevin does some pretty interesting moves sometimes we will see about that so what do you guys think about ben Chirot to the canadians yeah i don't know like i think he'll fit in there i think they definitely needed to fill in uh, a defensive spot um Joe, one statistic that I really like, I talk about it on the podcast a lot. You're going to like this stat. He was a plus six last year, which is perfect because you definitely want your defenseman on the ice for more goals scored than uh, Mm -hmm. getting or more goals scored against. Uh, Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, he's, I think he's more of a defensive minded player. He's definitely not a puck moving defenseman, Uh, but I think it's a good, good signing. He'll, he'll fit in there in Montreal. Yeah, 3.5 may be a bit high for Ben Chirot, uh, that type of player. But hopefully it doesn't go wrong in the first year like Carl Alsner's contract did. I know Carl Alsner's contract is way worse than Ben Chirot. But Ben Chirot can play. Again, he's not like Zadorov type of big, but he has a presence out there. He's able to hit. He's able to block. And he's obviously able to stay on the ice when a goal is scored for the Montreal Canadiens. So hopefully he can fit there well. I would have paid the extra 3 mil for Gardner. But the uh, Habs are looking to get a number one center. So I would use that money on the center rather than the defense. Agreed. He's a Ontario native too, by the way. He's from Hamilton. Yep. Yep. Uh, other news. Big Dick Nick Cousins signed <laughs> a one-year one contract with the Montreal Canadiens. Cousins had an NHL career high, 27 points, 7 goals, 20 assists, and 81 games with the Arizona Coyotes last season. Uh, are you excited for this one, Joe? Another fourth liner, so not really, but he is kind of young. It's only one year, one million. Can't really hurt, but I was expecting a little bit more from getting in terms of acquiring free agents from Bergevin, but uh, I mean, I can't be mad at getting Cousins. He's a pretty decent player. 27 points is not horrible for like a third, fourth line player. I actually like really like the signing. It's a cheap cost, one mil, one year. Nick Cousins is young and not a horrible fourth-line player, and he did really good on the um, Coyotes' penalty kill last year. So 
Uh, that'll definitely be an upgrade for the Canadians if they're able to use them. I don't remember who the fourth line center was for the Canadians last year full time, but like something to do with Thompson, Pekka, and Agostino yeah. and something like that. So like it's a revolving door. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's an upgrade, but not much. But again, Nick Cousins is young, and if he can put again thirty points on the Canadians last nine, that's really good. He's another Ontario native, by the way. He's from Belleville. Okay. So Canadians are loading up on these Ontario <laughs> boys, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Let's shift to some Maple Leaf news now. Uh, Thomas, you take this one away. Okay, well, they recently traded for Alexander Kerfoot and Tyson Berry from the Colorado Avalanche. For Nazem Kadri, they locked up Alexander Kerfoot for four years, worth $14 million contract over four years. It's an av- It's an I. Average annual value of $3.5 million per season for Alexander Kerfoot. I think that's a tremendous deal for Kerfoot. He's going to play on the third-line center role, and he can probably pop in about 45 points per season if that would be nice. That would be a great addition because Nazem Kadri didn't have the best years on the third line, and I think Kerfoot could uh, more solidify that role than Nazem Kadri because I think Kadri's more of a second-line center. And he's going to do good in Colorado, don't get me wrong, but I think Kerfoot's going to be a very young, skilled guy that's going to be injected into the Leafs lineup. And they also got Cody Ceci done, a one-year deal worth $4.5 million per season. Uh, he's obviously traded for Zaitsev and along with Connor Brown. Uh, Zaitsev also carried a 4.5 cap, cap hit for the Maple Leafs. I think he had five or six years left at that cap hit. And Ceci is going to be with that cap hit for another one year. So it's okay, but I mean, it's only it's one year. High. I think yeah. it's a little high, though. It's one year, but we'll see how CC plays. It's definitely going to be kind of a prove year type of deal. But if CC can play good with one of Muzzin, Riley, Dermott, you name it, uh, I think it's a good deal for the Maple Leafs. I like the Kerfoot deal. I think that's a fair deal, and it's definitely going to benefit the Leafs because Alexander Kerfoot is a he's a very skilled NHL player, I think. Uh, and I, I'm not a fan of the CC deal, though. I was looking at his advanced statistics. Uh, my favorite statistic, as I always say, plus minus. Last season, minus 22. Season before that, minus 27. Season before that, 2017, <laughs> minus 11. He only had one NHL season where he was a plus rating, uh, which was 2015-2016, where he was a plus nine. Hmm. When I'm looking at defensemen, especially um, a player like Cody Cece, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but you have to be on the ice for more goals for goals scored and not goals against. You can't be getting scored on as a, a defensively or more defensively minded defenseman like Cody CC. Uh, I, I think 4.5 million for one year is a little bit too much money. Uh, but like you said, Thomas, it is it makes sense. It is a prove me year for him. Um, so I think a one year deal kind of makes sense in this situation. Yeah, like. The Kerfoot signing, I really like, like 3.5 for four years. I think that's great for Kerfoot. He's a good 40 to 50 point guy. If you can get, like Thomas said, 45 points out of him every year, then it's money well spent, I think. CC for, I think he was arbitration legible for like the past couple of years. So I think he had to get 4.5 if I'm mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, so he had to get that 4.5 cap hit. But the Leafs only obviously only signed him for one year, which I think is okay. I mean, he's not much better than Zaitsev, if at all better. He's hmm. probably like a trade-off, if anything. But, I mean, the Kerfoot signing is really good, especially since it falls in line with, like, uh, Kapanen and Janssen around that three-and-a-half range. Yeah. And if you get three players that can produce, like, 40 to 50 points at three-and-a-half, then you're much better off than paying them, like, four-and-a-half to five, in my yep. opinion. Yep. All right, so the next piece of news that we got here is a coach re-signing here. Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Penguins has agreed to sign a four-year extension. Sullivan's record since joining the Penguins during the 2015-16 season is 174 for wins, 92 losses, and 34 overtime losses in four seasons, as well as qualifying for the playoffs each year and winning back-to-back in 2016 and 2017. Yeah, I like Sullivan. He gets a lot of out of his players. Um, the last couple of years haven't been so good for the Penguins, but I don't blame Sullivan at all. No. Rutherford has been tinkering with the team way too much, as we, I discussed Agreed. in a previous episode, I think, with Tanev when I ripped on him. <laughs> last episode. <laughs> yeah, or, last episode. I think it was last episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rutherford just keeps making all these changes for no reason. Trading Kessel is a loss, in my opinion, no matter what. Um, 
Just I don't think Sullivan's to blame, so I'm happy he got a four-year extension. Yeah, that's well-deserved. I think his record definitely proves that he's a successful NHL coach, um, along with his resume. Two Stanley Cup wins with the Penguins, uh, so this is well-deserved for him. I agree, though. I think uh, the management's kind of messing around with the, the Penguins roster a little bit too much. Uh, we'll see if Sullivan could continue his success and playoff run with, with the Penguins next season. Yeah, 100% agree with both of you. Uh, I think we're going to get to the interview, interview part of the episode. So next, we have Swaggy Canuck, Matthew Zader on to talk about the Vancouver Canucks and his favorite players and favorite moments from the Canucks history. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by TheBreakdownSports.com. Are you into prop betting or daily fantasy sports, or maybe both? I have some great news for you. TheBreakdownSports.com is partnering with a brand new company that combines daily fantasy sports with player props called Thrive Fantasy. It's really fun, and they're the first of its kind. The way it works is you enter contests using your own lineup made of prop bets. The more prop bets you guess correctly, the more points you get, and the greater chance you have at winning money. If you deposit $10 now using our link in the description, Thrive Fantasy will match your deposit with free $10 credit. Use our link and try it out now. All right, this is a monumental moment for the N10 Puck Talk podcast. We have Matthew Zader on, the swaggy Canuck on, to answer some Canucks questions that we have for you today. What's going on, Matthew? Hey, guys, how's it going? Not bad at all yourself. Ah, doing pretty good. It's a nice, well, it's not really nice morning. It's not sunny, but uh, yeah, it's going pretty well. Okay, if you guys didn't know, Matthew lives in Vancouver, and we're from Toronto, so we're doing this on uh, different time zones. And we just want to ask you a couple of questions about the Canucks and what do you think of the team going to the future and next year. And the first question we're just going to ask you is, what do you do? What do you do? So tell me a, a bit about yourself on Twitter and stuff. Well, uh, I mean, Twitter, it's uh, pretty big. I, I tweet almost every day. Um, I'm over at uh, OvertimeHeroics.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, hockey, I'm basically director of the of the writers there, so I manage a whole bunch of writers. And, uh, yeah, that's the biggest part. I also write for the hockey writers, uh, yep. obviously about the Canucks, and um, and Unwrapped Sports as well, and oh, and the Canuck way, too. So. Totally. Yeah, nice. so I, wow. I write a lot. I'm busy, so it's pretty big. Yeah, it's very busy schedule you got going over there in Vancouver. Oh, yes. It's All an right. exciting time, too, so. Oh yeah, the off season's always exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. All right, so the next question we have for you is, what do you think of the Canucks off season so far? Uh well, I mean, I'm pretty happy with the free agency that's uh, on July 1st when they signed uh, Tyler Myers and uh, Jordy Ben there. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely increased uh, the defense uh, and the strength of it. So um, I'm excited about that, especially adding those two. Uh, bigger bodies to the back end too so it'll help with uh, you know some of the intimidation that some of the teams have been doing mm-hmm. uh, taking liberties on um you know Le- Pedersen and yeah and the like so yeah it's it's pretty good yeah I'm a big Montreal fan so obviously <laughs> Jordy Ben was on the the back end last year and he actually had a pretty decent season by his standards he actually had a decent amount of points he played pretty well in the third pairing so you're going to like him. I know he's a Victoria boy, so yes, yeah. he's playing for his hometown. So, yeah, I think that was a good signing for you guys as well. And the Myers one was pretty good as well. Maybe yeah. too much money for my taste, but I, I think he's a good addition to any defense core. Yeah. Well, the thing is with with uh, the rumors that were going around, there was, you know, upwards of seven, eight million. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it came in at six. So, I mean, that's a, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, so, I mean, I, I'm okay with it. Uh, definitely, you know, he's going to go up into his, you know, 35 when he comes, kind of comes off the contract. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's going to be pretty good as long as he doesn't slow down uh, with the skating. So, yeah. But uh, overall, I think I'm happy about it. It's it's a lot better than signing, you know, Carlson to like a 12-year contract, crazy money. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Ready, Thomas, want the next question? Yeah, I just want to ask him, um, I saw your draft um, kind of grade for the Vancouver Canucks draft that happened, and yeah. I, I like the grade you put. You put a B, so I really like that. I think Vesely Pozolskin is going to be really good in the NHL, power forward. Oh, yes. uh, what do you think about the draft? Like, it was in Vancouver, so like... Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to go to it, but yeah, uh, yeah tickets were kind of not, it wasn't really available when... 
you know, not a season ticket holder, which I'm hoping to be this coming season. Okay. Covering nice a bit more. Thing. So, yeah. Uh, but overall, I mean, Pudkolson is a pretty, a really good draft pick. You're going to have to wait two years before we can see him. But, uh, you know, overall, it's it's exciting. And uh, Hoglander was a huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, was, I was excited when they drafted him in the second round, especially when he was supposed to go in the first. So. Uh, yeah, he he's gonna be an exciting player. Probably going to come a little sooner than everyone thinks. I think he may be maybe coming in maybe next season, uh, wow. not this coming season, but next season. I think. Okay. Uh, he's a. I mean, he's a fitness nut. If you saw some of his videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh, he's definitely gonna be physically ready. We'll see if he's gonna be uh, able to kind of do the same stuff in the NHL as he's been doing and over in Europe there. All right. So after that question, we were kind of discussing a little bit before we started uh, the core of the Canucks. And we just wanted to know, based on what you know of the roster and the personalities on that team, who do you think the next captain will be for the Canucks? Oh, that's not even a question. <laughs> it's Bo <a, it's laughs> Horvat. Yeah, we said that too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there's no one else in my mind. I mean, everyone's kind of... You know, Alex Edler, but he's going to be gone in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, guys like Tanev, again, gone in probably another, you know, couple of years. It's, you know, it's no question in my mind that it's Horvat. And, I mean, there's even been talk about, you know, guys like Besser, Pedersen. I mean, Horvat's already been here for a few mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Already shown his leadership ability. Um, stepped up huge last season. Um, took tons of face-offs in every situation. I mean... There's no no question in my mind. It's Horvat, hands hands down. Yeah, that's not even a bad pick as your captain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't go with Pedersen or Besser just because no, no. I think they're just breaking to the league right now and just getting like their own. But I mean, Horvat's been through. He's been to the playoffs before and he's been with the Canucks for a couple of seasons. So I'd like to yeah. see him get the C next year in those cool rocking jerseys. So. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh... Agreed. Yes, I actually like the jerseys. Some people are saying Same. that uh, they're kind of tacky. I don't know. I I like them. I, they're they're a lot better than having that Vancouver um, word mark over the logo, which which annoyed me right from the beginning. So. <laughs> and so. okay, so the next question we just want to talk about Brock Besser for a minute. Uh, how much money is he getting? Um, I mean, I think it's it's going to come in around. I want to say seven million. Um. Mm -hmm. You know, there've been talk of rumors that they're just going to sign him to a four-year contract uh, rather than the long-term uh, deal. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'd rather him be signed long-term, but I mean, four years still doesn't bring him to free agency, so he's signed to that. I, I think he's probably okay. Yeah, he he's a really good player. I really like Besser what he brings to the table. He's got an unreal shot, as you probably oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> So I think yeah, about seven million is probably fair for him. Maybe even like between seven and seven five, mm -hmm. even would be pretty good for him. He is like a budding star, as you said. He's only gonna get better. He's gonna become better as an overall player. Oh, um, yes. So I think yeah, I guess a four-year contract would be pretty good for Bester to kind of just establish himself more in the league. Yeah, um, I agreed. Yeah. Uh, so he's one RFA. So as you know, there's many RFAs yes. that are unsigned right now. And this is probably the best RFA class we've ever had in the NHL. So who do you think is the best RFA unsigned right now? Um, for the Canucks, it's, well, it's definitely Besser. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Goldobin's on there too. Um, you know, with, with Gold with Goldobin, he's, he's kind of in that transition phase of he's not... Uh, he hasn't really proven himself yet. He hasn't been really given a chance here, I don't think. I mean, he's played with Pedersen a bit, but not enough uh, to really execute what he can do. I think he has a ton of skill, just can't seem to put it together defensively. So um, the money that he may get, I don't know. I mean, he may be on a show-me deal, maybe 2 $3 million, but he can't yeah. really demand more than that. So... And then uh, Ben Hutton was an RFA, but they got rid of him because yeah. of the fact that he wanted yeah. too much money. So uh, he's unrestricted now. I don't know. I think a team will pick him up, but because uh, he is still a, a young defenseman, still mm -hmm. has some potential. So yeah, uh, we were asking who is the best one in the NHL right now. Oh, not NHL, the Canucks, not the Canucks. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the RFAs we have right now. Um, Mitch Marner then for the NHL. Okay, yeah. that's my <laughs> team, so I'm happy with that. 
Yeah, I don't know what's what that's all going to shake down as. Um, I mean, he's going to be wanting a lot of money too. But uh, you guys, I mean, Toronto's got to got to sign him. They can't let him uh, even go into the season have another William Nylander uh, <laughs> yeah, problem yeah. there. So <laughs> I want to ask you one more thing about that. How how much news is the Leafs in Vancouver? Like how much? Is it a lot? A little? Um, I mean, there's a fair amount. I mean, I I do hear a lot about the Leafs uh, over here, and whenever they're in town, we got uh, cool. tons of Leafs fans coming to the game. So uh, it's it's a hot button topic for. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Whenever you mention it to Canuck fans, they're all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on topic of RFAs, do you think we'll see another offer sheet? I know Montreal offer sheeted Aho last yes, week. Yeah. It still hasn't officially been matched yet because I know Carolina is just waiting their time, yeah. kind of screwing yeah, yeah. Montreal because the <laughs> offer sheet wasn't as good as it should have been. But, anyways, do you think you can see another offer sheet for any RFA this summer? Um... I mean, I know there's rumors that uh, some of the kind of what the te- who the team was that uh, may offer sheet Marner, so you guys have to maybe watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so I mean, yeah, as a Montreal fan, like I kind of want to see a Marner get offer sheet and see what oh the Leafs do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to match it. I mean, the only thing that the only time that offer sheets, in my opinion, aren't matched is when you go crazy for the money, like. Uh, Back when Dustin Penner was signed to oh, that crazy yeah. uh, contract, I that mean, was nuts. They were kind of forced not to uh, match it because of the fact the money would have just uh, screwed up the whole the whole cap structure. And, and it was in Buffalo at that time, so yeah, it's a. Uh, and then Penner didn't really ma- live up to that contract either. So no. All right, so we got one last question for you. It, maybe we'll have another one, but this is one of our. <laughs> Favorite ones that we'll ask. What is your favorite Roberto Luongo moment as a Canucks player? As a Canucks player? Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a hard question. Um, I mean, I have. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that he that he did. I I wrote an article about him yeah. on Hockey Writers, uh, kind of detailing his legacy here. And I I mean, he was probably one of the best best goalies in. Oh, in Canuck history, down. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, even even over guys like Kirk McLean, I mean, he's he was phenomenal. I mean, he left on not ideal terms uh, with the fact that he, you know, he kind of was forced out because of the fiasco there, which probably the whole NHL knows about that. So yeah. <laughs> all the fans, right? So mm-hmm. um, best moment, I I would still say that when I still go back to what his the the overtime uh, marathon. It's like seventy something saves he had. Yeah, those were nuts. <laughs> oh my god! I still remember that the, that game. I'm like, he better win that game because I mean, he was standing on his head half the time. So, uh, isn't, then, isn't that the most saves in an NHL game? That I believe that was the record for the for a game too. It wasn't Jeez. just in franchise well. history. It was like <laughs> it was in the entire NHL. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then obviously the the cup run yeah. up to a point. I mean, uh, you know, I, I choose kind of uh, forget the Boston series, so <laughs> <laughs> I still go back. I can talk hours on, on the stuff that they didn't do and, uh, you know, what Vigneault didn't do throughout that run, so uh, that can be a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing that I noticed about that series, it's like they would win in Vancouver, like very close, and then they would go to Boston and get absolutely smoked. Like it was just yes. so weird. It it was like uh, there were demons in Boston that uh, Luongo couldn't shake, the Canucks couldn't shake, and they come back home and he posts a shutout. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it was weird. I remember like that series so vividly. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And I, I mean, I still think that I don't know how well would have gone over, but. Uh, you know, putting Schneider in one of oh, those yeah. games yeah, yeah. rather than Luongo. I mean, I don't think Luongo would have cared winning a cup if Schneider won it. I mean, the team still won it. But uh, that's that's a story that could be hours unpacked. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm very aware of Boston, the Boston Bruins as I'm a Leaf fan, and uh, we don't want to mention how many Game 7s we went to versus them. Yes. But yeah. uh, the game seven in Vancouver versus Boston, like, what was that? I know there was riots in the city and yes, tons yeah. of stuff like that. So, like, what was that? Like, how did you, like, think, what do you think of that? Like, that was crazy, that game seven. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember how angry I was. That's all. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I uh, I was just pissed off about uh, you know Marchand and sure. and you know Bergeron. Bergeron's a good player. That's the reason I did. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Marchand's just uh, really frustrating to watch. <laughs> not not. I mean, he gets away with so much stuff, and I mean. Especially with uh, punching Daniel Sedin like five oh times God. in the punching, face, yeah, and, yeah. and no one stepping up to uh, to take him on. I mean, even if Daniel would have punched him back or taken him to the ice, and I think that would have fired up uh, the rest of the team. But he just stood there and took it. So I mean, yeah, it's there's a lot of stuff that could have done uh, differently there, or had different players to step up. Yeah. Um, to kind of change that series around because all Boston did was push push everyone around. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then get on the power play and and wouldn't I mean the Canucks if they, even if they would have scored a few goals on the power play would have deterred it a bit. So yeah, stop the momentum. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that you could talk about in that series. That uh, for the that game seven, the riots afterwards. I mean, cool. that's not. I don't think that's on Canuck fans. I mean. A lot of the a lot of the people that started that weren't even Canuck fans. They were from this, you know, from different cities that were just kind of create stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it didn't reflect well on the city, especially right after the Olympics there. Oh yes, yeah. especially. But uh, I mean, it's taken a long time to kind of build rebuild the reputation here. But I mean, it's getting better. I think uh, I think if that happens again, and then we may. <laughs> we'll get that reputation yeah. back, but I mean, it, it wasn't a. It was a dark time at that uh, time of the uh, playoffs. So, uh, Joe, you have any more questions for Matthew? Uh, I guess one more. Who's your favorite player in Canucks history, and why? Like, just in their overall history. Overall history, um, I I'm leaning to I I mean the Sedins. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't really I mean. The legacy they've built and the way they not just changed Canucks, uh, the Canucks, the way they played, but the way the NHL played. I mean, you know, you see a lot of teams take on what they did um, with the cycle game that a lot of teams yeah. didn't do. And, uh, you know, when they not be the most flashiest players like, you know, the Ovechkins, McDavid's. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you watch them, the buildup that they, they created with the cycle and the shifts that they had. Um, you know, the two minute shift, I still remember that. Yeah, that was uh, nuts. Oh you know, they, Edmonton couldn't get the puck away from them, so <laughs> Yeah. I uh, you know, the the moments that they had in a in a Canuck jersey, I mean you can I can make a whole article on the different highlights <laughs> that they had, so <laughs> especially even the the last game they played at home here. I mean, felt like a playoff game even though the Canucks yeah. were out of the playoffs, so I mean, probably the best game I I've seen in you know since the playoffs, since that Stanley Cup run. So that's not that's saying something. So yeah, it's hands down the Sedins. All right, that's my last question, Thomas. Do you have anything to to ask him? Uh, I don't know. Um, well, you mentioned that kind of the Olympics. Did you attend any games? And what was that like for the city of Vancouver? Um, I mean, it's huge. I didn't go to any games, which now in hindsight, I wish I would have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I watched. I watched on TV. I was wasn't as big on Twitter at the time. Um, that I've kind of gotten into that more in the last, uh, I would say, last six months or so, and yep. it's kind of blown up. To I didn't think it would blow up this fast, but uh, yeah, I would. I would have loved to go into some of those games, but for the city of Vancouver, Olympics were were massive. I, I kind of wish that it would happen again, but I don't think it will uh, for a while because they've kind of built over what they what they did for the, those oh, yeah, Olympics. Yeah, so saw, yeah. it's uh, it'll be kind of hard to do it again, even though the infrastructure is kind of here. So, But it was exciting, and it uh, kind of put Vancouver on the map uh, a bit. So Yeah, well, yeah. we enjoyed yeah, watching we... Crosby score that yeah. goal. So <laughs> oh, I still yeah. remember that that time too, so... Not the biggest fan of Crosby, but at that point I was. <laughs> yeah, I so. think every Canadian was. Even if you didn't like him at the time, you sure loved him in that moment. Yes, 100%. So uh, I still rank him as probably one of the uh, best players in, in Canada's uh, uh, you know, roster. I mean, despite the fact that I don't, uh, I don't care for him. But, I mean, talent is, is 
you know amazing so yeah don't deny that <laughs> yeah well i think that's uh that pretty much wraps up this interview uh we like chatting with you matthew we're hoping you can get on uh sometime else but oh, sure. uh you're doing very good on twitter and very good with your articles i really enjoy reading them so keep it up and uh oh for sure yeah, yeah any, feel... any last words you have to say about yourself uh no i mean uh happy to be here i it'd be amazing to come on again so uh yeah it's great okay well thank you for joining us matthew yeah thanks matthew for joining us all right thank you guys are you looking to place bets through an online sports book check out my bookie now and use the promo code the breakdown that's the b-r-k-d-w-n for a 50 percent off promo with a hundred dollar deposit that's again check out my bookie now and use the promo code the breakdown yeah, that was an awesome chat with uh, Swaggy Canuck, Matthew Zader, uh, Joe. Like he just talked really good, well, really well, and he writes a lot of articles. I know he's busy with a lot of articles and a lot of uh, podcasts he has. So I just want to thank him for his time on the podcast. Uh, I know Andrew hasn't gotten to listening yet, but when he does, it's gonna be very good flagrant. Trust me. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to listen yeah. to it. I've listened to a few of his podcasts in the past. Um, He's, he speaks very well. He knows his shit. Yeah. Not just Vancouver Canucks news, but he knows yeah. his hockey stuff. So, yeah, he, he was a good good first guest to come on. And I agree, man. He's going to be on more. In yeah, the exactly. Yeah, that's what he said. We agreed to have him uh, more of his guests in future episodes. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. He's awesome. So, keep following him on Twitter at the Swaggy Canucks. So, yeah, that's hopefully, pretty much it. Hopefully, the next time he comes on, Vancouver will be making a run for the playoffs because they're a nice young team, kind mm-hmm. of re- rebuilding a little bit, um, and I want to see them make the playoffs this year. Okay, like I said in the beginning of the episode, we have a segment here, a bit of a game here, not a bit of a game, but we, each of us, me, Joseph, and Andrew picked uh, our favorite players from each Canadian team, kind of bouncing off the interview from Swaggy Canuck, uh, Matthew Zader, talking about his favorite players on the Vancouver Canucks and his current favorite player on their team. We're kind of bouncing back on that topic, but we're going to do all Canadian teams. So uh, if you're a fan of the Canadian teams, listen to this. We have our favorite players here. So we'll start in, uh, I guess, yeah, we'll start in Montreal on the eastern side of Canada. I guess Flager's up for first. Yeah, so my favorite player right now on the Montreal Canadiens is definitely Max Domi. Uh, He's a Winnipeg, Manitoba native. 24 years old. Uh, last season, he put up 72 points in 82 games, uh, 28 goals and 44 assists. And guess what, guys? He was a plus 20. Pretty impressive, especially being on a weaker Montreal Canadiens team last season. Uh, but I'm a fan of Max Domi. I was a huge fan of him when he was with the Arizona Coyotes, especially uh, when he was younger, like in his younger years, uh, especially in his rookie year. That's when I really started following him. Uh, he played for the London Knights in the OHL. Um, he played with Mitch Marner, I believe, uh, for a number of years, who mm-hmm. is my favorite NHL player. Uh, but Max Domi is definitely my favorite Montreal uh, Canadian, for sure. And his dad, obviously, Ty Domi, played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was a big fan of Ty Domi, too. He was a tough guy. Completely different playing yeah, style yeah, well, like we <laughs> uh, compared to Max Domi. Max is more of a playmaker, really. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my favorite player on the Montreal Canadiens, Max Domi. Uh, since Joe is a Habs fan, we'll just uh, he'll go last in this category for this team. Uh, my favorite player is Jonathan Drouin. I said that in a French accent. Uh, he's very skilled. I love the way he plays. He hasn't got his play, his third overall pick play yet with the Canadians. He's still kind of working on things there. They don't know if they're going to make him a two-way center or a skilled center. And sometimes he doesn't even play center, he plays on the wing. So uh, for 24 years of age, he still has time, a lot of time to develop. But I think he's kind of getting it together. He had his first probably good season in his two seasons as a Hab this year. 53 points in 81 games. Uh, He's, like I had him on my fantasy team, he's pretty inconsistent. But again, he's 24 years years old, he has some time to develop. But I love the way he plays. He's very skilled, he has a good shot, and he has good playmaking abilities. So... Uh, I love watching Jonathan Drouin, and hopefully he could be on my fantasy team next year. All right, so as the Montreal Canadiens fan of this podcast, my favorite player is franchise goalie Carey Price. 
He's typical. Been with Are you even a Habs fan? Come on. <laughs> typical. Dude, I got to give it to him. He's been there forever. He was their fifth overall pick in 2005, 14 years ago. Oh my God, it's been a long time. But uh, he's only 31 years old. He signed a massive eight-year deal <laughs> last deal. summer, uh, 10.5 per. I mean, I can't really complain about that. He's the best goalie in franchise history, so I can't really complain too much about that. Uh, so this past season, 66 games played, 35 wins, 24 losses, 6 over 10 losses, and a goals against average of 2.49 and a save percentage of 918. Mm-hmm. In his career so far, he has 321 wins, which is first in Montreal Canadiens franchise Great. history, 225 losses, and 68 overtime losses, with a career goals against average of 2.47 and save percentage of 918. I mean, he's been my favorite player for the past number of years now. Mm-hmm. But it used to be P.K. Subban, but he did get traded for Shea Weber. I do love Weber too, but Price has been there through everything. He yeah. won the Hart Trophy in 2015, the first goalie in, since Jose Theodore to do that. One of only four or five goalies that have ever done that. Jeez. So he's got that on his resume, and I know he's probably a lock for the Hall of Fame when he retires. So yeah, can't well, go wrong with Carey. He leads the Montreal Canadiens and wins in their yeah. franchise. And that's with Jacques Plante, other guys. Like, that's Patrick crazy. Law. Exactly. Like, that's nuts. Um, that injury killed him. Clearly. Oh, yeah. He's had a couple massive injuries so. along the way, but he bounced back. He had a rough year last year, but he bounced back this past season. They just missed the playoffs by about two points. So I think they'll be even better next year. Hopefully, he can continue his play. All right. Off to the Ottawa Senators. Flager, you're starting again. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say my favorite Ottawa Senator, uh, this was kind of a no brainer for me. It's Craig Anderson, their goaltender. Um, I became a big fan of him back in the 2016, 2017 season when I think that was the year that I believe he got diagnosed with cancer. No, his wife. Uh, it was his wife. Was, yeah, sorry. His wife. Um, was diagnosed with cancer. I think he took a, a little bit of time off, but mm-hmm. he um really stepped up that season, especially. I actually had him on my fantasy team, so I like him a little bit extra <laughs> for that because he brought me uh, a bunch of extra fantasy points because he had a very successful year that year. He uh, went 25-11-4, uh, and he had a point nine two six schools against average that season uh, back in 2016-2017. Last season wasn't a great one for him, uh, I mean, the Ottawa Senators weren't yeah. really a good team at all last year anyway, so it was kind of expected. He went 17-27-4 and four, uh, with a, a .903 um, save percentage. Uh, so, yeah, Craig Anderson is definitely my favorite Ottawa Senator. This was a no-brainer for me. Uh, Joe, you want to go next or you want me to go? Uh, uh, I could go. You can go last because we know what team's next. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite player is easily Thomas Shabbat. I mean, watching this guy, I saw him live actually with Thomas in March, and he mm-hmm. is just something special. I mean, he could skate so well, and he has great offensive ability this year. He played 70 games, got hurt a few times, but he still managed 14 goals and 41 assists for 55 points on a terrible Ottawa Senators team, and he's a defenseman. I think he led the team in scoring. Yep. As well. He tied yeah. well he tied uh Mark Stone, but he left the team. Yeah, Mark Stone left. So for a defenseman, he he's only twenty two years old. I'm just looking at it right here. I mean, he's got even more in the like to develop and mm-hmm. to become an all around better defender and man, he could skate like the wind. I just love watching him play. All right, Thomas, you wanna go? Yeah, it's uh, Thomas Shabbat as well. Uh, he's kind of got the same name as me, but it's spelled differently. But again, <laughs> the first time I really, really watched Thomas Shabbat was that World Junior Championship, uh, the finals versus the United States of yeah. America. Me and Joseph watched that game, and honestly, like Thomas Shabbat played half the game. Like, Yeah, oh, it was incredible. So that's that made me a big fan of his. Uh, he can skate really, really well. He's going to be an elite defenseman throughout his whole career in the NHL, and I don't know if he sticks with Ottawa because apparently their managers and owners don't want to pay their players. But Thomas Shabbat's definitely one of my favorite players and favorite defensemen in the league. So I can't wait to see when he grows older to be uh, what he's going to be. All right. So now we're moving on to the center of the NHL, (laughs) to be honest, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'll go first and let the Leafs fan go after. So my favorite player is Austin Matthews. 
the guy's an unreal shot, unreal player. He's good two-way. I love what he brings to the team. He's 6'3", he's a big body, could skate well, drives to the net all the time, gets all these some greasy goals. He can rip like no one else in the league, maybe Ovechkin. Uh, he's got that patented pullback wrister. He's a hab killer, that's all I know. He always rips on price. Uh, <laughs> this past season, 68 games played, so that's back-to-back seasons where he's missed some time with the injury. Mm-hmm. But he still managed 37 goals, 36 assists for 73 points. I mean, this guy's a this guy's a stud. He's got he's the second highest paid played paid player in the league, and he's just on the rise. He's only 21 now on the cover of NHL 20. Yep. So all, everything's going well for Matthews right now. Uh, Flager, I guess I'll go because you have a different player in mind. Uh, yep. I also have Austin Matthews. Uh, he's my favorite player. I have his jersey, so I have his all-star jersey as well. Um, I just like, again, what Joe said, what he brings to the table. His shot's like elite. It's one of the best in the National Hockey League. That patented power play shot he always does. Usually goes in on Carey Price, like uh, Joe said. But again, the injury troubles have kind of, I guess, not deflated his stats in a way, but I mean... The guy probably would have had like 45 to 47 goals this year if he didn't get injured, probably like 80 points. And people have been a little bit harsh that he doesn't get a lot of points, but that's to do with the fact that uh, he's a pure sniper and that he hasn't played a whole season in his NHL career besides his rookie season. Um, I want to see this guy more, and I'm going to see this guy more in the future. And hopefully his line mate can be Mitch Marner next season. Uh, we just got to wait until Mitch Marner signs. So I'm going to say Austin Matthews. Uh, yeah, funny enough, my favorite player on the Toronto Maple Leafs and my favorite player in the NHL is Mitch Marner. Um, it's kind of funny because my favorite Montreal Canadian was Max Domi, who was Mitch Marner's teammate back when they played uh, junior in the OHL for one night. Uh, but Mitch Marner is definitely my favorite player. He's a pure playmaker. I love the way that he sees the game. Uh, he, he'll put the puck on his teammate's stick, sets up John Tavares a lot for some goals. Uh, this season, he has a career-high 94 points in 82 games, 26 goals, and 68 assists. He was a plus 22 this year. My favorite stat. That's pretty impressive. Uh, but I, I love Mitch Marner. I think he's a great player. Uh, I, w- I became a huge fan of him when he uh, entered in his rookie year. Um, a lot of people were hyping up Austin Matthews. Obviously, Austin Matthews is a great player. Um, I'm not saying like nothing against Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. but I kind of hopped on the Mitch Marner bandwagon because I didn't want to be that typical Leafs fan that is in love with Austin Matthews. Uh, so I became in love with Mitch Marner. Uh, he grew up in Markham, Ontario as well, and he played in the GTHO, which is also the league that uh, I grew up playing in. Uh, so Mitch Marner is definitely my my favorite player for sure. Okay, I was waiting for one of you guys to introduce the next team, but I will. Uh, the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets are next. Uh, I guess I'll start. It's Mark Scheife for me, hands down. Uh, I think he's one of the best centermen in the league. So he brings a lot to the table like Austin Matthews. He has an elite shot. He has elite playmaking ability and is an elite two-way player in the league. Um, he's going to be a bright spot for the Winnipeg Jets in the future. Uh, he had a career this year, 84 points in 82 games, 38 goals. And then last year's playoff, I grew on him because he had 20 points in 17 games, including 14 goals. That's just unbelievable, and the Winnipeg Jets, that was their first uh, first, first-round pick since they went back to Winnipeg after moving from Atlanta to Winnipeg. So uh, I've been a big fan of Mark Shifley and hope to see him in the Winnipeg uniform for years to come. Uh, my favorite player on the Winnipeg Jets is definitely Dustin Bufflin. Uh, he kind of runs the blue line for the Winnipeg Jets. He was actually a part of one of my favorite teams back when the Chicago Blackhawks were uh, in a little bit of a dynasty back in uh, like two since I guess he was with them from 2007 till 2010. Uh, I think he ended up joining the Thrashers. Um, that was back when the Blackhawks had a lot of success. Uh, he won a couple cups there. But Dustin Bufflin's been with the Winnipeg Jets ever since they relocated from Atlanta uh, back to Winnipeg. And he's just a great defenseman, in my opinion. He plays the body. He's very physical. He's a big body. Uh, he's kind of the ideal defenseman that you kind of want on your team, in my opinion. He's uh, six, 
I think he's 6'1". He weighs like 260 pounds. He's just a huge body. Um, a lovely defenseman to have on the point for, for a team. So Dustin Bufflin, my favorite Winnipeg Jet. Yeah, my favorite Winnipeg Jet is also Dustin Bufflin. Like, the guy's such a beast out there. He can literally manhandle anyone on the ice. I remember, I think, in two, <laughs> the 2018 playoffs, he had two... I forget what team they were Vegas. playing. It was Vegas. So he had two guys <laughs> in each hand, and he threw them both to the ice. Yeah, two grown men. He just ragdolled them. It was so funny. And I just love Bufflin, man. Like, he's such <laughs> yeah, like a no, I know you do. <laughs> the guy's such like a meme. There's so many moments where... He just, like, doesn't give a shit about anything. In the corner, and he just looks at the camera. Yeah, like, he has, like, moments where he just, like, he thinks it's, like, it's a game, which it is. Like, he has fun with it, right? Which is all, which all, blah, which is all what the NHL is about, having mm-hmm. fun and playing hockey. Um, he was injured this year. He only played half the year, but he still managed, like, 31 points. He's getting up there in age, but he's still an anchor on that blue line. He still logs a ton of minutes for the Jets. And honestly, like like what Flager said, like he just kind of embodies what a defenseman is, like big, tough, can hit, can get points. So that's why I, I like Dustin Bufflin on the Jets. He gets a lot of penalty minutes as well. He had like 69 penalty minutes this year in 42 games played. Nice. 112 penalty minutes in 69 games played the, the previous season. That's a lot of penalty minutes. Hmm. All right, so now we're going to switch over even further to the West to the Edmonton Oilers. So, Flager, do you want to start us off with this one? Okay, this is kind of an obvious. Uh, it's a given, in my opinion. Connor McDavid, uh, the prodigy, McJesus, uh, he's definitely the – I think he's the fastest player in the NHL right oh, now. 100%. <laughs> uh, he's just, just – I don't know, like his play is just un- undescribable. It's just amazing how good he is, how ahead he is of everyone in the NHL. It seems like he's in his own league. Uh, the way he skates is just it's full. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Like it's just so smooth. He also grew up playing in the GTHO. Uh, and I know, I think he grew up in, I know it was somewhere in the GTA. I can't recall off the top of my head right now but he's just man he's something else he's an alien uh he's just like yeah new market Ontario is race from his play is just undescri- like it's just unbelievable how he makes everyone he's one of those players that makes everyone around him better uh and it's a shame that the Edmonton Oilers don't have a good supporting cast for him because they yeah. could do some damage, I think, if they had mm-hmm. some some better depth players and some defensemen there. Yeah, so I'm going to have to agree. Uh, McDavid's also my favorite player from the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the guy's just unreal, as Flagger said. He is, like, in a league of his own. His skating, his hockey IQ, like, the guy can, like, see passes before they even happen. He creates so much space for himself with that blazing speed and mm-hmm. no one could like catch that guy man when he's when he's barreling down the ice defense shit themselves yeah, literally yeah like he's just so such an offensive like force like he can drive an entire line just by himself literally go to the net and he'll find you put your stick on the ice tap it in he'll do nothing he'll get the assist and whatever that's just how he rolls um it's kind of a shame that he's on Edmonton. They, only, they made the playoffs once, at least. At the very least, they made the playoffs once with him so far. And they really need to help support him with better players. I know they got dry side all over there. He's awesome as well. But they just there just isn't enough for him uh, to kind of succeed and succeed in the playoffs. Yeah, Connor McDavid is probably a great choice. But I'm going to go Leon Dreisaitl, the guy from Germany. Uh, I know my co-host uh, years ago said that the Leon Dreisaitl contract was shit and it was horrible. And the whole National Hockey League said it was horrible. What are they doing? What is Shirley doing? Does a I lot of dumb it. things. I admit it. But this turned out to be one of like the greatest contracts like Leon Dreisaitl's ever put pen to paper. Uh, he had 50 goals last year, 55 assists, 105 points. Like Joseph and Andrew mentioned, when you have, like, they didn't mention this, but when you have two guys who get over 100 points and you don't make the playoffs, that's embarrassing. And the Edmonton Oilers need more depth in their lineup to uh, help Leon Dreisel and Connor McDavid succeed and go to the playoffs. 
Uh, years ago, Leon Dreisaitl was probably the best player in the playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers. He had 16 points in 13 games. Uh, they made it to the second round, but obviously were eliminated by the Anaheim Ducks. And I think Dreisaitl just has the package. He's big, he plays center, and he can score, like 50-goal scorer. Uh, I know last year in fantasy, I traded for him, and that was the best decision of my life because <laughs> I finished, I think I finished, like, what, second or something? Yeah. And I traded with Flager, and I got Leon Dreisaitl, so thank yep. you, Flager. No problem. Uh, he didn't have the best season ever when I acquired him, but again, he put up an 105-point season with the Edmonton Oilers, and I just love the way he plays. Again, his lethal shot is just fun to watch. So he's a great power play too. He embodies the power play. So I really like Leon Dreisaitl, but Connor McDavid's not a bad choice either. Do you remember who that trade uh, involved in fantasy hockey? I think I traded like a pick or something. I don't know. I think like a... Yes, you're right. No, no, it was more than a tenth. I think it was like a eighth or something. Because yeah, something the like following that. year, that Uh-oh. was when you you fucked up. Remember? <laughs> and uh, no, I don't. We, I can't recall. Oh lord! Oh lord! Oh, I can't recall. Flaker. I don't know what you're talking. And our fantasy league. Man, I think you're just. Yeah, I think you're just like. I, was I think you're just so upset just about that. Basically, what happened? We gotta let the listeners know. <laughs> Uh, we had a keeper. Blast. We had a keeper fan. Yeah, he's on the hot seat now. We had a keeper <laughs> fantasy hockey league, and it was the first year that we decided to um, make our fantasy hockey league keeper league. Uh, f- and following that like inaugural season, um, I I loaded up on picks because my team was really really shit. Hmm. So I sold all my players, loaded up on picks. Following season, we find out that. Thomas, like, I, something happened with the settings in the league or something, and I got screwed over. I basically wasted a whole entire fantasy hockey season. Uh, but Thomas made up for it, though. He paid, I think he paid half of our entry for the following yeah, season. Yeah, I paid so half I, I respect you for that, but I was pissed off that I was going to win the league that year, probably. Me and, I yeah. think, J- Jacob Zucal, who was with the breakdown, former <laughs> breakdown member, um, he he was also upset, I remember, but. Yeah, fantasy. Our fantasy sports leagues are are something else. Very intense, very intense. And whoever has Leon Draisaitl next year is going to be very good with Connor McDavid. Uh, moving on to the Battle of Alberta, the other team in Alberta is the Calgary Flames. Uh, I guess Flager, we'll start with you. All right. Matty Kachuk is my favorite Calgary. Yeah, he's very suspenseful. Good. He's from Scottsdale, Arizona. Fun fact. Uh, he was drafted fourth overall, I believe. Seventh overall or sixth overall? No, si- yeah, sixth overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm think I think I'm confusing his brother who plays for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Um, Brady Kachuk, but Matty Kachuk is definitely my favorite Calgary Flame. Uh, he's just he's gritty. He can put the puck in the net when he wants to. He he kind of, he kind of, he's kind of an all-around player, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and I love that about him. That's my favorite, favorite part about his game. So that's why he's my favorite player um, on the on the Calgary Flames. Yeah, well, also on the Calgary Flames, my favorite player. If you couldn't tell through the podcast, I know the break. Some people in the breakdown make fun of me for it, but <laughs> Johnny Hockey's my favorite player. Johnny Goudreau. Uh, he did not put up a hundred points this season. He was one point shy, ninety-nine points in eighty-two games. Career year for him. Uh, one of the best career seasons for the Calgary Flames in their franchise history besides Drew McGinley. But again, this guy, number 13 for the Calgary Flames, just uh, his shot is unbelievable. I know he's a bit smaller. He's only five foot nine, but his shot's really good. He had 36 goals last year, career high as well. And he could also pass the puck with elite vision, and it's just incredible to watch. I'm also a small guy. I'm not very tall, so... When I see players like that in the NHL come up and make a big impact and probably their best player on their team right now, it's uh, pretty fun to see and pretty cool to see. So uh, Johnny Goudreau is my favorite player on the Calgary Flames and one of my favorite players in the NHL right now. So my favorite player for the Flames is the Norris Trophy winner, Mark Giordano, the captain of the Flames. Uh, This guy, he's incredible for the Flames. He just logs big minutes every single season. He was named captain when... Uh, again, like got traded to the Penguins in 2013, I think. So he's just been a leader on that team for so many years. He actually went undrafted. He signed with the Flames as a free agent, undrafted. So that's just awesome to see. 
And as we said before, he just won the Norris this past season at age 35, if you can believe it, career year for the man. Uh, he had 17 goals, 57 assists for 74 points. And I know Flagger loves this stat. He was plus 39, which yes, I think led, which led, led the entire league, I think. Not too sure about that. He did. That, that's yeah. The, yeah. He, he did lead the league in plus minus. You're right. Yeah, so I just really like Giordano. He skates well. He can move the puck. He could still play effectively at age 35. You just yep. saw he had a career year. <laughs> and I did. I mentioned this on the podcast oh, no, before. <laughs> I've seen him at Lifetime Gym <laughs> training with his trainer. I was kind of starstruck and I didn't want to interfere. Didn't say anything. I just saw him. I was like, man, Mark Giordano's at my gym. That's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. He is from Oakville. He's not from Toronto. So I, he always gets pissed when people say he's from Toronto. <laughs> he says he's he's from Oakville. So I love I love me some Mark Giordano. Yeah, he's also Italian, so that helps. Yep. <laughs> I know Flagger doesn't want to talk about that, but uh, yeah. That's another no, no, no. I have nothing against Italians. I just joke to tease you guys. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the Vancouver Canucks, who you guys just discussed um, with on the podcast. Yep. I mean, on that interview with Swaggy Canuck yep. um, in that, the previous segment. Uh, who wants to who wants to lead us off here? All right, I'll go first. Uh, my favorite player who just won Rookie of the Year, another player that just won an award, is Elias Pettersson. Uh, this guy is phenomenal. <laughs> he was a steal at fifth overall in the 2017 draft, I think. Hmm. He is a 98, so he did break into the league at 20 years old, so he's a little bit more seasoned than other rookies, but... He was pretty hyped up heading into the season, and he delivered. He did get injured a few times here and there, but in ov- overall, he had a fantastic year. He's got a great shot, great speed, can pass the puck well. He had one assist to uh, Brock Besser this year that reminisced the Sedins. Yeah. A, hu- a nice bank pass off the boards from half, and Besser just skated right onto it and sniped top corner. I think it was versus the Avalanche. I remember that, or Shades of Sedin, they were calling it, because he is Swedish as well. Yep. Pedersen's just a great player. He's going to be a great player in this league for a long time. Uh, he's so versatile. I don't know if he's much of a two-way, but he's certainly a great offensive force. He's only going to get better from here. Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, my favorite player, we were talking with Matthew Zader, just like he can talk about it. Uh, the next captain of their team, the Vancouver Canucks, I think it's just Brock Bet- or Brock Besser, Bo Horvat. Uh, Borhovat is a two-way center, and he's a great center. He loves doing it. I think he's really good at doing uh, the center job. He's from London, Ontario, so he's from the same uh, province we are from. Uh, he put up a career year this year, 61 points in 82 games with 27 goals. He was just unbelievable for the Canucks in not a bad year for their team, but a step forward in the right direction in their future. Um, if this team can really put it together, I think they're going to make the playoffs next year, especially with Joe mentioned uh, Elias Pettersson as a center as well. And just having a one-two punch of Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson is just incredible for the Canucks. Uh, they're very underrated at drafting, and they do it a lot. So I like uh, Bo Horvat. He got traded at his draft for uh, Corey Schneider. So that pick, the ninth overall pick for Corey Schneider to New Jersey. So he was going to be a New Jersey pick, but again, Vancouver traded Corey Schneider, and they got Bo Horvat, and I think they got what they're looking for. Uh, maybe he's not a number one center, but he definitely has time. He's 24 years old to be the number one center for the Vancouver Canucks. But him and Pedersen are just going to be the one-two combo for the future for the Canucks. And I see this guy with the C on his jersey next year, if not the next year after that. Yeah, I think my favorite um, Vancouver Canucks going to be a bit of a shocker, I think, for most people. Um, I do think Elias Pedersen is probably the best player on the Vancouver Canucks, for sure, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to say Brock Besser is my favorite Vancouver Canuck. Uh, kind of funny because he's the only American that made my list. Um, he played uh, NCAA hockey at the University of North Dakota before getting drafted to the Vancouver Canucks in the 2015 NHL entry draft where he went 23rd overall in the first round. Uh, he put up, he only put up 56 points in uh, 69 games last season. Not bad. He had 26 goals and 30 assists. Uh, and unfortunately, he was a minus two, but he's uh, he's my favorite Vancouver Canuck because he kind of he's very consistent. You could expect, um, I'd say, 50 plus points per season out of him. He's definitely a 50 plus point getter. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's I think he's an RFA right now, actually. Yes, he is. So he has to resign. I'm assuming he's going to resign there. He belongs there. 
Uh, he's Alyosh Pedersen's liney. He puts in the puck in the net um, from Pedersen's feeds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brock Besser is my favorite Vancouver Canuck. Yeah, throughout that whole segment we just said, I don't, th- I don't think there is a horrible player on that list. Obviously, we're not going to pick a bad player, but again, all these players are pretty elite and pretty good at what they do, whether it's in net, at defense, or in the forward position. So um, maybe some of the podcasts in the future are going to be ca- kind of surrounding this, kind of like picking stuff, you know, our favorite players, your favorite teams, our favorite moments, uh, because there won't be a lot of news during the offseason. But when the RFAs sign and we do get a lot of news, maybe trades, that's going to definitely heat up the most of the episodes. And again, our podcasts are going to be mostly guests throughout the summer to talk about what their teams can do for next year. Uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. What do you guys have to say if you have any last words? Yeah, we're getting short for time here, I think. It's going to be a long episode. Uh, last words. Check out our website, <laughs> The Breakdown, <laughs> yeah, sports.com. There's a lot of fantasy hockey content out uh, that Thomas and I released recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of other sports content, not just hockey stuff, if you're a sports fan, uh, like most of our listeners are. So, And also follow us on Twitter at the br- underscore breakdown, spelled the underscore B-R-K-D-W-N, and on Instagram at the breakdown sports. And also, we're trying to grow on Facebook, so please search us on Facebook. The Space Breakdown, spelled B-R-K-D-W-N, and go like us and follow. Yeah, we're going to have a lot more content out the rest of the summer. We still got some sports that are still going on, like the WNBA. We got some more people that are working on articles for that. Betting yep. odds, of course. Uh, news, some some articles, I think, more about fantasy football, which obviously is massive. Yeah, that's uh, going to be a big topic coming up, actually, because oh, the yeah. whole month of August is going to be that's uh, camp, draft yeah. draft fantasy football season, right? Yep. So people yep. are going to be getting prepared for draft season there. So yeah, the breakdowns be, got you covered. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, going to say, we will be covering the, all that stuff, so check us out. Yep. Now that's it from you, Joe and Flager. That's yep. it. That's it. Uh, my last words, I guess the breakdown people are all doing a good job. We have a lot of article and content coming out. Uh, we'll have more guests on this podcast throughout the whole summer, as I said, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Matthew Zader, Swaggy Canuck, was the perfect first guest uh, for this episode number 22 of the N10 Puck Talk podcast. So we will definitely get him back on the episodes and definitely see him again on the N10 Puck Talk podcast. That's pretty much it for episode number 22. I'm Thomas with Andrew and Joseph. We will chat with you guys next time.